Welcome to season two of Two Feet in the Podcast. This season, we are highlighting inspiring women focused on powering women. Two Feet in the Podcast will explore ideas and inspire you to produce action. This is your place to break down ideas, get a strong dose of motivation, and learn to live two feet in. Today is the day to get up and get moving on your dreams with me. I'm the coach, Heather Macy, and I'm ready to coach you. Lock in, let's go. It's time for your two feet in experience. The Two Feet In podcast is brought to you by these sponsors. McGee Financial, helping folks make smart decisions about their money since 1993. McGee Financial, where our motto is, you can't predict, you can prepare. Want to be two feet in with your finances? McGee Financial can help you create a winning game plan. Call 843-229-2729. Joining Two Feet in the podcast today is Kathy Comfer, an inspiring woman focused on powering women. An NC State graduate, a wife, a mom, assumed to be grandmother, a female mentor and friend, a fiction writer and general lover of a good story, author of the new book, no lives live forever. What's up, Kathy? Hey, Heather, how are you? Listen, I am thrilled to be here with you and uh, excited about season two of Two Feet In, the podcast. And, you know, Kathy, you and I have, have gone back a long, long way. And yeah. if you wouldn't mind for our listeners, just give them a quick overview besides all the wonderful things about soon to be grandmother and mom, but also um, soon to be author. Will you share what's going on in your life? Well, um, yeah, I, um, about five or six years ago, we, we, we moved a lot, um, my family and I, and the last move we made prior to this one, actually, we moved without children. It was the first time I ever did that. And I had to figure out who I was and what I was doing and explored a lot of things. And I had great opportunities with my husband to do things that were interesting um, on college campuses. But I always wanted to write. I had been a writer for a long time, but never published anything, did a lot of journaling, worked in publishing when I was much younger. And so in 2013, and it's funny how I remember dates, but in 2013, I really started writing. Um, and here I am publishing with a New York publisher, Austin McCauley, my first novel. So really excited and just can't wait till it comes out November 30th. Well, first, congratulations. Um, so, so I've written one book and I said I would never write another one uh, because it was one of the hardest things that, that I've ever done. The ability to, to be persistent. There are setbacks, there are drawbacks, and then the vulnerability of having someone else read your work and, and your thoughts and, um, and then the ability to be criticized for those. So there's multiple stages, I think, within writing. But if you wouldn't mind, can you talk about how you got the idea to start doing it and then share with other potential authors in the future that are listening as to what can they expect on that journey? Well, the first thing I would say about writing is you have to write. I mean, people, I was actually talking to a young woman about two months ago. She called me and she said, I really need some help. I just can't seem to wrap my head around this story idea. And can you walk me through it? And, and the first thing I said to her was, how many hours a day do you spend writing? And she said, well, I haven't started writing yet. And I said, well, that's kind of the purpose, you know, because I find that in my process that I'll have characters come to the forefront that I didn't even know existed in a particular book that I'm writing that make a difference in that book. But if you're not actually doing that, it's not gonna happen. So my first 
piece of advice would be, if this is something you'd like to do, you actually have to write. It's not an easy discipline, as you know, Heather, because it takes time and you're alone and it can be very boring. And you can spend four or five hours a day writing and end up hitting the delete button because it's terrible. So I think there's there's a lot of challenges through the process. I think the first thing to do, and, and I have to credit, believe it or not, Stephen King wrote an amazing book called On Writing. And I would say that anyone that wants to be a writer, and I do... I do not enjoy Stephen King's genre. I get freaked out. I'm easily scared. So that book is one of the best books I've ever read. And he basically says, it's a job. And you got to clear your office. You got to clear everything out. You can't have distractions. And it's it's just, you got to write. That's all I can, you know, that that was the one thing that hit me too. So um, it's it's really that process is the beginning of it. Well, we all know that authors are friends of one another because we respect each other so much to actually take your idea and get it to publication. But I want to give you a compliment before I put you on the hot seat. Kathy, you showed me how females can be friends. I think a lot of times as as females and especially in a male dominated industry, especially like an athletic department industry mm -hmm. is that there can only be one. Right. And, and, and people get nervous when females all band together because that's what it would look like if we were banding together versus helping one another and elevating one another. But you showed me how to do that. You cultivated uh, strong female leaders, it gave us a platform. I think a loving environment that you created. It's the first time I'd ever seen that happen. Uh, and to be honest, I mirror the lessons I learned during my time with you uh, because that's what I want to be, especially for um, our team and our athletic department. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I learned a long time ago and I can't really take credit for that because I learned it from someone. There were two women in my life, actually three, when I was young and starting in the athletic industry. Um, Sarah Turner, who is Todd Turner's wife, he was the athletic director at NC State many years ago. And um, Barbara Robinson, who has since passed, um, her husband was the head basketball coach at NC State, Les Robinson, and Patsy Hoffenberg. Her husband is Dr. Hal Hoffenberg. He was a, um, he still is, excuse me, a professor at NC State in chemistry and was the interim athletic director during the Jim Valvano transition. And um, those three women were the trifecta of how to empower other people and really live by the adage that there's enough for everybody and that you just got to give and, and make sure everybody is getting what they need because nothing's going to work if everybody isn't okay. I really believe that. And so those three women really gave me a great foundation in athletics to um, springboard into what I consider a very great career for my husband and, and for our family. We, we really had a great time on the ride. Well, thank you for doing the same for me. Now I'm going to put you on the hot seat, Kathy. All right. Okay. The two feet in hot seat experience. Oh. All right. Visualize this. We've stayed in many, many hotels. So here we are in the elevator. And as you hit the button uh -huh. and the elevator clo door closes, you look to your left and there is your person. Now, that person could be the love of your life. That person could be the next big break. That could be your next big publisher. That could be your next inspiration for your next book. How would you describe your career, your impact, your life accomplishments in less than a ride up to the 34th floor. Go, Kathy. Um, I would say that I have tried to focus on exactly where I am at that moment. So 
if I was a wife, I was being a great wife. If I was a mom, I was being a great mom. And, and of course, you could do all this at the same time. If I was working during um, the times that I was moving and all those things, be a great worker, be a great friend. I think all those things are very, very important to be in that present moment, to work hard at what you're doing at that time. And I think being distracted is what gets us all in trouble. So I really tried to work hard at being in, in that moment and, um, you know, supporting the people around me because they supported me. So I'm a person of faith. And I also know that fear has driven me a large majority of my career. Tell me what is your greatest faith over fear moment? In 1997, we were moving to Nashville, Tennessee, and I had a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and Jeff was going to work at Vanderbilt. And we were so excited going into the SEC. Nashville, Tennessee is one of the best places in the world to live. Everything was just great. And I had these two kids and something didn't feel right. I didn't feel good about myself. And I knew I had to do something. And it, it, actually, Heather, I, I agree with you. My faith is what got me through this. But Jeff was busy all the time. And you know, in sports, there's no, there's no Saturday or Sunday. Like, you're going to work them. So he was always at work, always, you know, and just really proud of him for just taking care of our family. And I went to church with my two kids and met this couple that were great mentors for young people like me with kids. And they just really validated that just be where you are, just be where you are, do what you're doing, be the best mom, the best wife. You know, if, if you're working a part-time, full-time job, just be where you are. And that really kind of solidified me to um, springboard into everything else I've done. So I'll have to say that moment in, 19, in the fall of 1997, and I remember it, I can see it like it was yesterday. That was a long time ago. <laughs> so when I, when I think about your stories and, and the things you're talking about, you're always talking about the people and how mm -hmm. you, know, that you have people of influence that said just exactly what you needed to hear when you needed to hear it. And so I think that that's what we all strive to be is when someone else tells that story, they're actually telling the story about us because we inspired them. So tell me, do you feel like you've been an influencer? And can you go back and say, I was really busy, but I had someone ask me that question and I took a few seconds and, and became um, the new story in their life. Does any of that resonate with you? Yeah, I think so. You know, I'll go back to that time in my life when my children were little. As, as young moms, we're all a hot mess. I mean, no one has it together. We have probably candy in our hair, whatever. We're just a mess. And I was really fortunate in every move I've made from, you know, being in Raleigh, North Carolina back in the 90s, all the way up to even now back in Chicago, that I have had a great tribe of women that I don't know if I've cultivated it. God's given it to me. I'll have to give all the credit to him. But I just think I've been really fortunate to have tribes of women in Greenville. I mean, Heather, I wouldn't trade any of you guys for the world that we just needed each other. And I really feel strongly about that. And even if it's just telling someone you're going to be OK, I think that's important, no matter what place they're in. I just think that's that's important for women, especially, you know, I think we're we've gotten so competitive with each other that we forget that we're all in the same boat, you know, and we're all trying to do the best we can at the moment we're in it. So I think we all need to just, you know, lift each other up. And like I said, there's always enough for everybody. That's I really I really believe that. So, yeah, I've been lucky with tribes of women, if you will. And 
I think about my group in Tennessee and I was really lucky there. I can't Seattle everywhere I've lived. I've had that. So yeah, they've inspired me and I hope I've inspired them. Well, you have speaking to someone who you have inspired, but I want you to go old self, new self. Okay. So younger version versus current day, give us a story. And, and, you know, I want you to really dig deep into going, probably no one really knows this. I'm going to tell a, a young female who's listening right now and, and really career driven believes in what I believe is you can be career driven and have a family. It doesn't have to be either, or can you give us some old self, new self story? Okay. So I would say old self, if I had to think, if I really had to push the, push the button here, I'd say that being anxious and impatient were two of the characteristics that I kind of lived by when I was younger and they did not serve me well. And I feel like now as a more mature person, that timing is everything and that my timing isn't perfect. God's timing is. And that sometimes you just got to wait for it. Sometimes it's okay just to wait for it, maybe not get that promotion or not get that job you thought you wanted or not get things. You know, I kind of look at it like this. When you're pushing too hard and you fall over the cliff, you're going to destroy yourself. But when you push just enough and you may hit a valley, that's okay because you can still see light and you're still looking up from that valley. But when you, when you fall over the cliff, you're in trouble. And I probably fell over that cliff in particular probably two times I can think of in my life and one being pretty recent and one being years ago, but you got to be careful. And I think, you know, patience is not anything anyone has. I don't think, I think we all have to work at it, but I really think that that anxious impatience that kind of, you feel it, you can feel it in your, in your body. Sometimes it's just best to walk away or to take a deep breath. Yeah. And, and I'm guilty of this. I put these parameters uh, around age around timetables. By the time I'm 25, I'd like to do this. And by the time I'm 40, these things should have been accomplished. And where they're not, it just becomes devastating to us. Did you have any of those? And and now that you're in another season of your life, can you look back and think, man, I should have, I should have given myself permission to be okay. Or had I just relaxed a little bit, I maybe would have gotten more done in a quicker amount of time. Yeah, I would say, you know, I would say in my early 40s is when I really felt that we um, had moved to Seattle, Washington, and what an amazing experience to live out there. And but I was around a lot of very accomplished people. A lot of my friends had very interesting careers. And I just felt like, whoa, what passed me by? What happened here? What did I miss? And, you know, I never gave myself enough credit to say, that's all right. You were supporting your husband to have a good career. And I know people probably think, oh, you know, wife kind of in a negative sense. But I think it takes it's a lot to have a successful relationship just as much as it is to have a successful career there. And they can be interdependent and they can help your life. They can you can help each other. And I really have to say that a lot of times I didn't realize it. And Jeff probably was giving me a lot more credit, but I was probably supporting him more than I realized I was even supporting him. And looking at it now in my 50s, I really think it was important at that time to do that. I could have had a career, but then my kids may have suffered. And I don't like to brag about my children. I'm very fortunate. My two boys are doing extremely well for young men in their mid and late 20s. And 
I really feel like putting that time in at that moment with my family was what I needed to do at that time. I don't think I would have had a successful career, even though in my 40s at times I felt like, wow, why didn't I do more? So I think you have to give yourself a break. Let yourself off the hook. You know, we're all doing the best we can. Well, I joke that you can't pick your family, but you can pick who you marry. And you married a man who obviously I respect immensely. However, what I saw, that's just my opinion. What I saw is you all were a team and yeah. he respected you and everyone around him knew, you know, this isn't, this isn't someone who is, is below me. This is someone who is beside me and sometimes pulling me when I need it. It felt very much like a team uh, when I was around you guys in which I admire and I think everyone would strive for. Yeah, we, we really worked hard at that. And again, we had great role models in those three couples I mentioned very much earlier. Um, it was a team effort and we did work together and try together. And, you know, it didn't come without some challenges, but I think in the end, it really made a difference for us. And, you know, Jeff said to me a couple of weeks ago, we're all trapped inside in COVID and your world has shrunk immensely. And he goes, I'm really glad we like each other. And I thought, gosh, you know, that's so true because you can have this deep love for someone, but you better like them. <laughs> you just better like them. So, yeah, we're very fortunate. That's great. Okay. So what lesson did you learn the hard way that you would love for our listeners to learn today? I would say the lesson I learned the hard way was making huge mistakes from my impatience, pushing probably putting the cart before the horse, if you will, with maybe overthinking things or challenges that I had because I thought something was happening that really wasn't. I think that, and that's a constant for me. I think that's probably just a overall constant for me was, um, and still is that I really have to step back a lot of times and not overthink things. Two feet in style, quick questions. Here we go. Lock in. Number one, give us your best quotable. My best quotable. I love Mitch Album and his quote that you have peace when you make it with yourself is one of my favorite quotes ever with by Mitch Album. Book recommendation of the decade. I would say, can I give a couple? Always, always okay. if we're talking about books. Oh, so Educated by Tara Westover is a fantastic book. And I think it could apply to anybody. And the story is amazing. And what she does and rises above it, especially for women, I think is fabulous. I love All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Dorch. Just a great fiction story, World War II. And then, of course, On Writing by Stephen King is a great book. Podcast or video that would expand our thinking? Okay, Heather, I have to tell you. I've been studying the Italian language for several years and I'm in classes. So the only podcast I'm listening to right now are Coffee Break Italian. So I probably was more vogue than Gwyneth Paltrow when she said, learn a language while you're in COVID. But I've been trying to master Italian for the last few years. So that's all I'm listening to right now is Coffee Break Italian. <laughs> Key to habit stacking or creating a routine that really works. I'm a big believer in planning and writing it down. So I think if you want to be successful, you got to plan. And I spend Sunday afternoons for about an hour planning out my week. And I also have routine. I think there are things you do every day and people don't realize that you got to eat every day. But I don't miss taking a walk or doing a yoga practice every day. I don't miss writing every day. I don't miss 
any of those kind of things. And I have a list and I check it off. And I think there's something very empowering about having that list and daily check off and looking at it on, you know, let's say Friday night and saying, wow, I have a bunch of green checks by what I usually do every day. And I only have a few red ones that I didn't do. Um, that's been very empowering to me. And I think you have to plan even deeper than that. I'll do character development sketches for the week on Sunday afternoons of which character I want to write about or what story I'm thinking about. So you got to plan. You get one phone call to who and why. I lost my dad when I was 11 and I would call him and just ask him, what do you think? How you doing? What's going on? Like, what do you think? Like, you know, we've had all this time apart. I'd like I'd like him to know, I'd like to know what his opinion is about what's going on for my family. What does he think? I love that. Thank you. He'd be very proud. And as, as we're ending the interview here, would you mind just talk, talk about the new book, No Lives Live Forever, and um, let everybody know how, how can they purchase the book and how can they support you? So it comes out November 30th. You can buy it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. It's going to be in all those big um, outlets. One thing I've been doing is booking book club Zooms or so I've got four of those booked already. And of course, I'm not doing them all in December, but, you know, January, February, March, April, whenever. But the book is about um, the immigrant experience. And um, I'll have to tell a quick story, Heather. So six years ago and well, six, seven years ago in 2013, my mom was cleaning out files. And this was the real inspiration for the book. She handed me my father's autopsy. And I thought my dad died of arterial sclerosis, which is a hardening of the arteries. And of course, I'm such a weirdo. I start reading the autopsy, which, and find out he had lung cancer. His lungs were full of cancer. And so I got kind of mad about it and started reading about, he was a four pack a day smoker. And, you know, we're talking the seventies when all this was going on. So I started doing a lot of reading about how cigarettes were made and stuff. And that kind of inspired me to start writing about it. So the book is about the immigrant experience and a man coming to the United States and becoming very successful. And honestly, the lies that we all tell in our families to protect each other. And of course this is fiction and it's a big lie and all those things. And, but it really stemmed from, you know, here I was a young kid when my father died and, you know, fast forward all those years and going, wait a minute, this, and, and I even said to my mom, did you read this? She goes, Oh, I skimmed it. You know, he's gone. Like it was, she was so flippant about it and she didn't mean it in any way. Like, uncaring it was just that happened a long time ago sort of dismissive but anyway so the book kind of follows the pattern of lies that we tell in our families and and really it's about who are we protecting and how are we protecting ourselves and the ones that we love well that's incredible guys grab her book no lives live forever on amazon coming out november 30th thanks to our guest and friend kathy confer for being part of the two feet in experience reminding us that great love is amazing, but you better like one another. Visit the show notes to learn more about Kathy and to reach her directly. That's been Kathy Confer on Two Feet In, the podcast, where inspiration meet to produce action. We are inspiring women who are focused on powering women. Thank you for locking in. Now get up and get moving toward your dreams. Remember, I'm Two Feet In with you always, in always. A big thanks to all of our guests for breaking down ideas, giving us a strong dose of motivation and helping us learn how to live two feet in. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks, Heather. 
Thank you for locking in. Now get up and get moving toward your dreams. Remember, I'm two feet in with you. Always in all ways.